welcome to the 18th edition of the Underground Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Brad, here with my co-host, Colin, and today we are breaking down uh, the Penn State football team's win over Michigan State, uh, you know, bringing the land-grant trophy back to State College. Uh, really big win, you know, we've lost to Michigan State the last two years and games that kind of shifted the momentum of our seasons, and, um, you know, I thought the team played well enough that um, this was a convincing win and one that, um, you know, didn't really uh, bring up any more doubts in my mind about the team, but um, just gave me a little bit more confidence. The final score, 28-7, to 7, I believe. Um, really, really strong first-half performance, and then, you know, the team was able to, to hold on in the second half. So um, we're going to break it down by position here, as we always do. And as always, we will start with Sean Clifford, the quarterback, Colin, what did you think about Clifford's performance? Uh, things you liked, things you didn't like? Yeah, I thought Clifford played real well. He, he attempted a lot of passes, and, you know, he saw a lot of incompletions going 18 of 32, but he threw for 189 yards. But the big statistic were the four touchdown passes that he was able to get. Yeah. So I guess made him count when he needed to. Uh, he had one, like, inter- interception where I think kind of looked like a miscue where he tried to force the ball that he shouldn't have. Yeah. But really one interception, that's not much you can complain, complain about. But, yeah, I thought Clifford played a real nice game. Yep, I completely agree. I thought, you know, the conditions for this game were not ideal, especially for a quarterback throwing the ball. Just consistent rain throughout the whole day. We saw so many, you know, kicks and uh, passes dropped that normally would not have been um, due to the conditions. So I, I thought Clifford played well also. He was 18 for 32 on the day. So, you know, not a not a stat line that you look at and think, oh, wow, that was a really great performance. But uh, given the circumstances, pretty solid. Uh, a couple of dropped passes that weren't his fault for sure. Um, you know, the one to, I believe it was Nick Bowers, just a long pass to the tight end. Uh, would have been a touchdown that just kind of slipped through his hands. KJ Hamler had one or two that kind of hit him in the chest and ended up on the ground. So, um Sean Clifford, I, I completely agree. Really strong performance, and um, he was even even able to convert on the two point conversion. Uh, you know that that uh, accounted for a, a missed extra point by Pinniger earlier in the game. So yeah, I, I agree. Um, I really liked his poise. Um, he didn't really make many bad decisions, with the exception of the one interception. Um, but again, that was uh, kind of a fluke play. Just ended up way out of the pocket and towards the sideline and just kind of let one fly when he shouldn't have. Uh, Didn't really hurt Penn State too much. You know, defense ended up picking off Michigan State's next play. So, um, you know, no harm, no foul, as they say. But, yep, I completely agree. Sean Clifford is is definitely impressing me even more than I thought he would have been at this point in the season. Let's shift now to the running backs, which I think there's a decent amount to talk about here. Um, as there has been all season. Um, Colin, I'll let you start. Thoughts on on the running backs? Yeah, I thought we ran the ball well. And overall, as a team, we netted 134 yards. Uh, we saw Noah Kane start the day, which I thought he was going to take the bulk of the carries, but it ended up being Journey Brown getting yeah. 12 touches on the day, more than double any of the other running backs. So mm-hmm. that was a surprise to me. And really all of them had like similar yardage. No, but Journey Brown led the team with 47, but then you see – 25 from Devin Ford, 21 from Noah Kane, and Ricky Slade had 13 yards off four rushes. So, I mean, kind of similar stat-wise, but I did, I don't know. It was a surprising stat to me how Journey Brown took 
more than double the rest yeah. of the running backs despite not starting the game. Yeah, I agree. When I saw Kane out there for the first snap, I was really excited, you know, and Franklin kind of has realized Kane is is the starting back and then he comes in again on the second drive and I'm even happier he's realized, you know, maybe we need a little bit more consistency at that position and and then we didn't really see him again the rest of the game. Um which again like circumstantially it, you could argue they didn't really need him. Um but yeah, we saw uh, Ricky Slade and Journey Brown come in, and then Devin Ford even uh, with six rushes as opposed to Kane, or the, the same as Kane and um, even more than Ricky Slade. So um, definitely confusing to me still what Franklin thinks about this position. Um, I, I just, it worries me a little bit that he's not ready to commit to one back at this point. At the same time, I guess it gives some sort of an edge with, you know, the defense not knowing what they're going to get. They do all have different running styles, really. Noah Kane uh, is much more that, you know, downhill, you know, uh, contact kind of run, rushing back, just kind of getting a few yards every play, kind of, uh, um, you know, just working towards first downs more than the, you know, breakthrough 60-yard run kind of plays that we see from uh, Ricky Slade maybe more more than anyone else. Journey Brown, I think, kind of somewhere in the middle of those two where um, I think he has the skill to, you know, beat in on most downs and get the yards when he when he needs to. But um, at the same time, just doesn't have the same consistency, in my opinion, that Noah Kane has, has shown this season. So um, it'll be interesting to see when Penn State goes to an undefeated Minnesota if Kane continues to be the starter or if that, you know, just continues to change as as it has this whole season. Um, but yeah, I thought, again, like you said, pretty strong day rushing the ball. Um, we moved the ball when we needed to. And um, I don't know if there were any rushing touchdowns on the day. I think they were all through the air, um, which is, you know, interesting, but um, also goes to show how strong Penn State was in the red zone, even once they got within, you know, 30, 25 yards, uh, we were able to connect on passes and um, create touchdowns. Um, let's now shift to the players that were that were creating those touchdowns, the receivers, and we'll loop the tight ends in here a little bit as well. Colin, who would you say had the best performance catching the ball uh, on Saturday? Uh, I mean, statistically wise, Pat Fryermuth had a big day having those three touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, he only caught five passes, so like really making them count to like more of a red zone threat. Yeah, uh, his longest catch was only 19 yards. I think it was on that touchdown. Yep. He ran like a wheel route, kind of from the tight end position. But yeah, I thought Pat Fryermuth had a real nice game. KJ Hamler found the other uh, touchdown, but again, like only caught five passes for a similar 57 yards. So we saw a lot of the like, kind of spreading the wealth, and you know the running backs. I think each of them caught a pass out of the backfield. Noah Kane and Ricky Slade. That is. Mm-hmm. So that was nice to see, like kind of showing that dual threat aspect. Yep, I completely agree. Fryermuth with uh, arguably his best game of his Penn State career, three touchdowns is not something you see from many tight ends. Uh, there are a lot of stats flying out after the game, you know, most touchdowns in a single game by a tight end, and uh, he's now tied with Mike Gesicki for career touchdowns, which is um, pretty impressive as he's still, you know, in his sophomore year. Um, Mike Gesicki, kind of a, a Penn State football legend at this point. Um, that that first touch or 
yeah, I believe – no, the second touchdown he scored, uh, caught the ball in the middle of the field and just kind of bullied two defenders into the end zone. Just shows how strong he is, how um, comfortable he is with the ball and, um, you know, just getting extra yards, extending plays, which is so crucial sometimes. Um, I forgot to mention with Clifford, uh, the first touchdown in the game on that throw to Fryermuth, kind of in the corner – of the end zone just a beautifully weighted pass um i think everybody watching the game saw it go up and saw the michigan state defenders kind of just looking at it and thought oh no this is an interception it's at least getting batted down and uh clifford just gave fryermuth the time to get around the defenders and make that catch which was really really impressive um you know shows the the confidence that clifford and fryermuth both have in that situation um Anything else with the wide receivers, Colin, or you want to move into special teams and then defense? Yeah, I think that pretty much sums up all the receivers. You know, obviously the conditions weren't the best to be thrown and catching the ball. But right. We saw a couple of drops here and there, but with the rain, I guess that's expected. So overall, I thought they played real well. Yep, I agree. Uh, we mentioned a couple of times earlier this season that Clifford relied maybe a little bit too much on Hamler, and it's it was really nice to see him lean just as heavily on Fryermuth this game because – He's such a, a threatening player. So, um, you know, like I said, just building more and more confidence as an offense uh, altogether. Let's talk special teams really quick. Blake Gillikin with eight punts on the day, which isn't a number that I love to see. Um, but again, the situation, you know, a rainy game, we didn't, you didn't really think a ton of points were going to get scored. So, um, you know, that eight punts is maybe a little bit misleading just due to the circumstances. Uh Gillikin, though, definitely a strong performance, five of them inside of 20. Uh, one of them was right on the one-yard line, just, you know, beautifully done by the special teams group. And, uh, you know, it's I, I rarely have complaints with Gillikin. He's just so consistent. So um, I don't think there's too much more to say there. Um, defensively, though, special teams had a really great game, uh, a blocked field goal that, you know, we ended up catching and saved a couple yards on that play. So, um, you know, I, I thought special teams had a really, really great performance. Uh, there was one, uh, muffed, uh, punt, I believe that Penn State ended up recovering. So again, kind of no harm, no foul, but, um, that definitely leans back into the, the weather conditions of the game. Um, did you have anything to add with special teams, Colin? Yeah. Uh, Jordan Stout never tried any field goals or, uh, yeah, but then kickoff wise, we did see one of them go out of bounds, which puts them at what the 40, 40 yard line, 45 yard line. Yeah. So that's something like we'll have to get cleaned up. But obviously that's still just one kick, you know, a slight mistake. Yeah. So I expect it not to be any problems from Stout. He's still pretty consistent overall throughout the year. Yeah. And Jake Pinninger with his first missed extra point of the season. Uh, I, I, you know, definitely some of the blame with that one due to the weather and also not the best snap, uh, but like I said before, Sean Clifford was able to convert the two-point conversion later. So it ended up, you know, working out in the end. But um, I, I don't expect that to be a problem for Pinnegar. He's been nothing but, but consistent since starting last year with Penn State. So, uh, again, not too much concern there. Let's shift now into the defense who had a really, really strong performance, in my opinion. Colin, you want to give us one or two players that stood out to you or – um, a couple plays maybe that that you remember 
Yeah, the defense, they played a real nice game. Uh, I liked a lot of what the linebackers had going. You know, Micah Parsons led the team in tackles again with 12. Mm -hmm. Then we also saw Jason Oa had two sacks on the day. Uh, The secondary seemed to be doing well, you know, a lot of tight coverage. And it was just an overall good team effort where they kept constant pressure on Michigan State. You're not really letting them amount to much. Yep, I completely agree. Just limiting plays as much as possible. Marquise Wilson with his first interception in a Penn State jersey. Uh, Jaquan Brisker with the other interception on the day off, uh, you know, a forced uh, kind of a strip sack by Jason Owe. Um, again, I I I love the the defensive line. They just do such a great job of closing in the pocket and rushing the quarterback and. Um, not a ton of sacks on the day, just the two by, by OA, like you mentioned, but still, you know, it, it just goes to show that every game, well, we don't need, you know, gross Matos to step up, uh, and be the guy. We don't need Robert Windsor to be the guy every single time. Someone new is going to step up and, and make the plays like OA did in this game. So that's, that's really comforting, you know, as a fan to see just because, um, you know, one player, if they aren't having their best game, that doesn't mean the defensive line is going to struggle as a whole. Um, we saw Jonathan Reed uh, go out with a, a slight injury. So we're hoping to see him back. He did not come back into the game afterwards, but he was on the sideline warming back up. So um, I was definitely happy to see that. He is, you know, a senior leader for the defense. So um, he does a great job of keeping everybody in check and making sure that the defense is doing their jobs well. Um, but yeah, did you have anything else to add for the defense, Colin? I, I thought it was one of their stronger performances of the year when you only give up one touchdown to, you know, a pretty major big 10 opponent. That's, that's always going to be a win. Yeah. I thought it was just a real nice, like kind of big 10 style game where they're yeah. just playing like stout up front and just obviously giving up seven points. There's not a lot to complain about in that aspect. Yep. I completely agree. Um, so now that we've looked at, you know, all the positions, let's do, just do some, some kind of general thoughts, what this win means, what, you know, what we see going forward. Um, obviously we're coming up on a bye week so, you know, there's no, no opponent right in front of us at this point. Um, did you have any thoughts, Colin, maybe, you know, if this win signifies something bigger or if, um, you know, Michigan state maybe isn't an opponent that, that really, uh, commands that kind of respect yeah i definitely thought michigan state wasn't as tough as the, like the last two years when they beat penn state yeah but you know every losing those last two games definitely made you think about like the possibility of it this year but i thought penn state they really prepared for it they didn't take them too lightly right. and they knew what could happen and like the importance and you know, kind of that one and no on the week aspect mm-hmm. yeah i was really nice and happy to see that like they can handle the weather and that really yeah didn't hold them off too well and you know those type of games like they're still able to compete to like the aspect where we would want them to yep i completely agree and we've seen so much this season the offense relying on big plays to move, you know, move the chains instead of the the shorter passes and runs. Um, that wasn't really the case in this game. Again, because of the conditions, you know, those, those passes just didn't work as well. They often ended up in interceptions when they were thrown by either team. So um, I, I was happy to see us able to move the ball just, you know, eight yards at a time, 10 yards at a time. Um, even the touchdowns were, you know, KJ Hamler had, a, I think it was a 25-yard touchdown. Friar Muse was a similar distance. And just being able to create space downfield and 
the O-line was able to give Clifford a pretty good amount of time throughout the whole day. Um, I, I, I didn't really have many complaints. Uh, we did see, I would say, maybe my biggest complaint on the game, uh, a lot of penalties by Penn State. Ended up giving up over 100 yards because of penalties. So that's something that certainly needs to be cleaned up uh, as we move forward. I didn't think the officiating was unfair at any point. You know, I thought um, penalties were, were deserved when they were given out. So um, it's something I'm sure Fra- Franklin will address this week, um, and, and hopefully it'll get cleaned up as we move on. Um, Colin, tell me a little bit what, what you take away from this game, how it makes you feel about this team. No, it makes me feel real good about the team. You know, I was hoping like they wouldn't kind of wall into this week or take Michigan State yeah. too lightly. But I'm glad to see that each week they're, you know, they see the significance coming into each game, you know, expecting to play like a very tough opponent and really bring in their A game. Mm. And I anticipate seeing that the rest of the uh, weeks coming forward. So it makes me feel good um, about like how this Penn State team could fare out and possibly postseason play. Uh, the other like one thing I didn't, I was like kind of skeptical about like going back on the penalties for like yeah. the unsportsmanlike conduct. So yeah. we saw Antonio Shelton, you know, get departed from the game. But I feel like that's something that Franklin's definitely going to address the week. And because I know he he likes to hold the players to like that kind of higher standard and kind of like the professionalism. So I'm sure that he's going to drill that throughout the week and make sure that it's not a problem in the weeks going forward. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, Sheldon was on Twitter after the game, apologized. He, he, you know, mentioned that that's not who he is. That's not what Penn State stands for. Um, it was, it was definitely surprising to see. We haven't seen that, you know, that kind of, uh, you know, retaliation, that kind of behavior from really any of the Penn State players this year. Um, but, you know, it's, it's always hard to, um, to judge, you know, one play, one, you know, quick decision. Um, you never know what's being said between the players on the field. And, um, you know, just I think seeing his his regret post game means a lot. And like you said, Franklin is very, very strict about the, you know, uh, character of his players. And I think with the bye week coming up, he'll definitely have some some time for some extra sprints at practice this week. Um but yeah, we, we saw a couple unsportsmanlike conduct penalties, just, you know, some celebrations that went a little bit too far. And, um, you know, as much as as much as I don't like to watch a game and of college kids and say, oh, they, they shouldn't celebrate um, rules are rules and they end up hurting teams, uh, especially in big games. So um, I, I know that Franklin will address it and I think it'll definitely get better moving forward. Uh Penn State moves up to number five in the AP poll, which is really huge. Um, you know, right on the cusp of that that playoff uh, conversation. Obviously, still plenty of season left. A lot of big games coming up still. Uh, undefeated Minnesota comes up next. Um, we haven't really seen much of Minnesota in terms of, you know, uh, their opponents. But uh, I don't think it'll be a game that Penn State overlooks because of, of Minnesota's record and you know, their confidence that they've been exuding all year. Um, we we can dive into that game a little bit more next week um, just because we won't have another one to break down. We can focus really all on the the Minnesota game. So, uh, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much all that I had. Did you have any last, last comments, Colin? No, I think I'm all good. I think we covered a lot of what I wanted to talk about. And, yeah. you know, it was just an overall good win for Penn State, so I'm happy with it. Yeah, it absolutely was. Uh, a really big result. Every Big Ten win is important. Um, you know, 
especially as we get closer and closer to the postseason. Um, you know, Ohio State continues to to dominate the Big Ten, it seems like, and um, a lot of people will make the case they're the best team in the country right now. So, you know, that game not too many weeks away at this point. And, um, I, I think Penn State, though, like you said, has just continued to uh, to impress people. And, um, you know, they, they're not letting anyone count them out at this point. So um, really good result, really great week, and, and hopefully they'll, they'll clean up the couple little shortcomings that they had during this bye week. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much all that we have for you guys this week. There will be another episode dropping Thursday morning. That one will be, uh, non-football related. Um, you know, all the, the players of the week, teams of the week, uh, in Penn state sports. So definitely keep an eye out for that. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you soon.